Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Welcome back. As you know, we usually deal with questions that are sent in, and we're taking a little departure from that today because it really isn't a question that we had, although it is a topic we deal with all the time, but really it also comes out of an observation of, of events that are happening in the media and our own lives this week. And so today we want to talk about church hurt. Yeah, I think it's a question actually I have in my mind all the time of uh, how do these things happen, that people and things happen in churches and then people get hurt by it. And, yeah. and how do we respond with church hurt? And just this week, I, I was shocked. Uh, I got caught up, uh, we all do, and I got lured into some YouTube clickbait oh. about a famous pastor <laughs> and some problems happening in his church. And, and it shocked me. I guess one of the things is, if you're in a church meeting, I don't think it's wise for you to film it and put it on YouTube. Now, you may yeah. get millions of hits and stuff. But Who does that? I know. Think about standing before Jesus and saying, yeah, I aired out some of the dirty laundry in church uh, for all the pagans to see. I don't think that's yeah. a good thing. So, But but it realized here's another problem in a church, and people are going to be hurt by it, and it's going to give a chance for non-Christians to mock the church. And, and that just raises the question, how do we deal yeah. with church hurt? That doesn't mean we hide stuff. But does everything need to be public? Probably not. No. Yeah, that, that's a that's for a separate podcast. We want to deal <laughs> yes. with how we respond to it, not yeah, not if we're in the midst of it. And we also just saw recently our our home church and that we love and pray for that we got saved in is uh, just gone through a difficult time and had to ask the lead pastor to resign. And it seems like there's some church hurt there. So this is a real topic that we have to address because many of us deal with it. And if we've gone through it personally, and we'll share that later. Mm. And a lot of you have gone through this. And we and if you haven't, praise God. Right now, just stop. Yeah. Right? Stop the podcast and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Uh, but you probably will meet somebody who has. And yeah. How can we minister well in this? Yeah. And I don't know how many times we've said that, you know, if you want the world's largest church, you just need to put out a sign that says, if you've been hurt by a church, come inside. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. sad. Church planning 101 right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Want to grow a church? You just put that sign yeah. out there. And when we talk about this, we're not making fun of it by any means. Like it, it, church hurt is a real thing. And so yeah. stay with us a bit because yeah. we want to talk through what this looks like yeah. in the church that came before us. Yeah. It's always sad when the bride of Christ looks ugly. Yeah. That's what I always say. And we don't like... She's supposed to be a beautiful bride waiting yeah. for the groom to come back, waiting for Jesus to return. Mm. And we, without spot and wrinkles, she's going to be presented to Jesus. And mm. we hate... Boy, sometimes it doesn't seem like that, no, does she, it? Sometimes we see the wrinkles and spots before the second coming, and mm -hmm. um, that's what we have to deal with. Yeah. Now, we need to be recognized, and we, I love to remind people of this, this isn't new, okay? It seems like because of YouTube and because of social media... We're finding out, you know, every other day there's a pastor who there's a problem or there's a church, there's a problem and oh, what's going on in the church. And yes, Satan is attacking the church, but Satan's been attacking yeah. the church for 2000 years. Yeah. And I love to remind people, yeah, whatever your dysfunction of your church, and there might be dysfunction in your church right now. That's just a reality. No. I know there could <laughs> not, not in ours, of course, but, but <laughs> yes. in some churches, they're, they're, but I like to remind them, you know, 
And then, and well, actually, before I say that, I love when people say, why can't we just go back to the early church? <laughs> you hear that oh, a lot. Yeah. You know, we need yeah. to go back and become a New Testament church. Yes. I love that. Yes. Yeah, you know, you know, New Testament church, well, the church in Corinth had a guy sleeping with his stepmom, and nobody was actually saying it was wrong. So yeah. I, yeah. Paul lost Great. his mind. He's like, even pagans recognize something's not right when you're sleeping with your stepmom. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, they were getting drunk. Can you imagine going to church you're about to take communion, and there's people over there pounding down the wine and getting <laughs> drunk at the communion table. I mean, it's like maybe that's why we moved to grape juice. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, that could be a good reason. So, <laughs> and I was actually been studying some on church history and the Trinity and the Council of Nicaea. That would be a fun podcast. I know everyone's oh, waiting for that. Yes, one. <laughs> yes. cannot wait. And one of the heroes of that council for the defending the Orthodox view of the Trinity was Athanasius, the Bishop of Alexandria. You know, he was exiled five times. Now, can you imagine your church leader? He's kicked out of the city. Now he's brought back. He's kicked out of the city. And now he's brought back. I mean, how how do you feel about that? I'm hurt. Now I'm happy. I'm hurt. Now I'm happy. I mean, yeah. So uh, whatever your church is going through, we but we do want to laugh a little bit in the mm. sense of your church has maybe gone through things. You've gone through things. We don't want to laugh about it, but we want to recognize mm. our God is still in the heavens. He does what he pleases. Mm. And we don't have to lose our mind over this because he's in control. And one day he'll come back and make the bride beautiful. Yeah. But what we want to deal with today is how do you individually deal with it if you've been through or experiencing church hurt? Yeah. There's one thing that I really want to bring to the forefront is I think we're dealing with two different issues as we move into this, and we just want to bring some clarity to this, which would be church hurt versus church abuse, because I think those are two really different things that at least in our experience and, and how we've seen this play out over our almost 40 years, or no, it is 40 years since we accepted Jesus. I, I was thinking about this and how to communicate this, and I was thinking actually about a marriage. Um, it, it's no, um, it, you know, as we talk about the bride of Christ and his church and what that is, I think marriage is a good reminder of this. And the way I think about it is in my marriage, there's times where I cause hurt to my husband. I might say a really hurtful thing. Um, maybe I yell at him. Maybe I'm not saying I ever do no, this, right? But, uh, we're talking. <laughs> you were supposed here. to jump Theor- in. Yeah, yeah. Theoretical. <laughs> and theoretical. Me. Okay, yeah. thank you. I was. Uh, I was you have waiting. Me <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I have. This is true. Um, and that's that's marriage hurt. That does require a, an apology. It requires some restoration. It's those things. But the difference between marriage hurt and marriage abuse would be when a line is crossed. If I come up to you and I slap you across the face or pick up something and hit you in the head with it, we've crossed a line. And so I think that there can be a, a, a fine line between something that hurts us and maybe isn't even sin, but it's hurtful. And we can't deny that. But then there's a real difference between when that moves into an abusive situation. Yes, you hear a church leader who's abused a child or a church leader who um, has committed adultery or things. That That's clear-cut sin. That's clear-cut yeah. where there needs to be removal and uh, from the ministry and there needs to be church discipline. That's very different than... 
I don't like what's going on here. I don't like the color of the carpet. The music's yeah. changed a little Maybe bit. Maybe I'm not even completely in line with the vision. And yeah. that, you know, yeah. it's the old vision to the new vision. Yeah. Sometimes when when a new pastor takes a church, you know, things change. And, and that can, you know, be a little hard for people. And, and the one thing, you know, even in this, like just with some examples of this, uh, church abuse would be like manipulation or intimidation yeah. under the guise of religion. Yes. You know, we're yeah. intimidating people. You do it this way. Yeah. You know, it's my way or the highway, you know, an yeah. abuse of authority. Yeah. That's why churches should have elders. Yes. So that that doesn't happen. So it's not one man or one woman making all the decisions. And this is such a controversial topic. I'm glad you brought it up because because our the pendulum is swinging, you know, very wide extremes in this idea mm. of um, everybody's a victim, and if everybody's a victim, then true victims don't actually get helped. And 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 that, and oh, everybody claims yeah. the word abused, and people who've literally been abused aren't getting the attention and the help that they need because it's just become diluted. So I'm glad you brought that. That's up. That's a great point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah Blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. There you go. <laughs> so, but but it's important because we want to take serious if there's been church hurt because of abuse or because of clear sin. That is yeah. that's one thing. There's another where we hear people complaining about you know my church has hurt me and mm, uh, okay. But after we listen to the story, not. Mm, I can see maybe some hurt, but that's not, there's no sin taking place. There are things that maybe you don't like, or, or maybe something was done in a way that wasn't the most honoring or the best, but that, you know, we have, we have, maybe there was some sin and it requires a conversation. Well, that's what we need to talk about. And all of that. But I think the one thing that I really want to bring out in this is when church hurt happens, not abuse, when church hurt happens, that, like there's a spiritual trust factor that we want to have in our churches. And so that this hurts us. And and so, you know, sometimes it makes us question our leaders and and the things that are in place. And questioning is never wrong right. if it's done in an honoring and right way. Mm-hmm. But but we need to not negate that, yeah, there's the things that hurt us, just oh. like in our marriages and our families and our friendships. I mean, when you think about it, how often in your own relationship, work relationship, outside relationships and all this, there's probably hurt and offense. Yes. Yeah. And that's we'll get here's our chance to bring up the radical middle. <laughs> we, <laughs> yes. In our podcast, this is one of the things we bring up. We actually have a whole podcast talking about the radical middle. Yes. But this is it because there's two extremes, and especially in some church structures where you have the dictator and all power is given to a dictator and you're supposed to just take it. And, and that's where you sometimes see abuse happen and mm. uh, manipulation and, you know, authoritative figure. You're going to do it my way or the highway. And that, that's one extreme. But then we go to the other extreme where there's no leadership. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to do my own thing. And everybody yeah. in the pew, and now the church starts to become the book of Judges, and everyone does what is right in their own I was own just going to bring that up. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's no structure. There's no authority, yeah. which God does place people in positions of authority in the yeah. church. And I'll, give you a, I'll give you a practical example while we're talking about this. Uh, I, I was reading of one situation in a church where somebody was complaining because they're, they're, uh, their spouse wasn't treated right because they got fired from the job. Okay. I don't know behind the scenes. So I can't judge whether that was right or wrong if a spouse got, you know, fired behind. But but that's part of the church. Sometimes maybe they couldn't do the job right. Maybe it was 
a decision had to be made. And, and that's where you have to trust your um, decision makers. Mm-hmm. And that's why you want to be careful giving all the power to one person. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure, it's just a plug for plurality of elders, and uh, you know, that's a whole podcast. Yes. <laughs> but, but at least shared leadership so that the one person making decisions isn't making the decisions alone, but is getting wise yeah. counsel. I mean, the Bible's protection for everyone yeah, I mean, all the way around. Proverbs says with you know multitude of counselors, plans are established. So if mm-hmm. you want to make sure that there's balance in that, but that would be a good example of somebody they're claiming they're you know the, the pastor and the church sinned against them and they hurt them and i'm sure there is hurt who wants to be fired from a church oh well we can talk about that in a second here but <laughs> but that that is not necessarily the same as when we and that's why we would never put that in the same word as abuse mm. you know so i hope that helps clarify yeah. some of this yeah just bring a little clarification yeah. into it yeah. so we want to talk about our own experience and to recap a little bit of this in our own life um, a number of years ago when we were on the mission field we were called back by our church where we were saved and it had sent us out to pastor another church and it sent us to seminary and sent us overseas and all of that and they actually had called us back and so we came back because that was our one stipulation of stepping from one ministry to another was um, that our church would call us back, and they did. So we came into a situation that we found um, was a little stickier than we had thought from when we accepted it, and and yet God was using us in some very uh, uh, deep areas of reconciliation and revival in people's hearts. And so that's where we found ourselves. Yeah, I, And actually, I get excited even just talking about that. Uh, when, I actually stole one of your life verses. I think we might have talked about this, but I love Can Psalm. steal somebody's one, yes, life I know, yeah. <laughs> I've got about 10 of them, but no, actually I have three life verses and I stole this third one from you. I'll loan it to yes, you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Psalm 144.1 <laughs> where... Uh, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who has trained my hands, trained my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Mm. And 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 I love stepping stepping into the messiness. I mean, I love trying to help clean up the bride of Christ. I help, and so we stepped into a stickier situation. We realized, but but we were excited. It's like the Lord has called us to this. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is why we're coming off the field and and. Man, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Well, the funny thing about that is that verse actually came to me during that time because uh, we always had this joke in our family that Doug was made for war and I was made for peace. And I think that's kind of true in a lot of still. Yes, so. But I realized during that time that God had made me for war yeah. as well, for spiritual war to stand. So just a little, hey, I took my own rabbit trail. There you go. Look oh, man. That. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, pull me back, pull me back. Um, but during that time, um, when we thought that God was moving us um, in a position that we would be in for a long time, the church made decisions that our role was no longer needed. And that was really only after a year or so of us coming off the mission field. And so we were asked to resign and there was no sin involved. So, you know, whenever something happens like that, you're thinking, oh gosh, what does everybody think? Well, it really doesn't matter what everybody thinks. Only God, yeah. we're concerned about what God thinks. Uh, but but during that time, we were really struggling with some of the temptations of maybe 
things that people were asking us. Hey, why don't you start your own church? You know, what is the, all these things that go through that? And we had seen kind of an ugly situation, actually a couple ugly situations in our time as congregants in a church. And there we made a decision that if the Lord ever put us in a position like that, we would never, ever split the church. Actually, let's, let's talk about that. I think that we don't even, we weren't, I don't even think we were thinking of talking about this. We haven't brought it up in so long, but I think it's very important because this influenced us. And we want this to influence you. When we were young Christians, uh, our church was looking for a new pastor, and and there was a guy we loved. We wanted him to be the pastor, and he didn't get it. Ooh. And so, what did he do? He does what every person, <laughs> every you know, is to, I'm sorry, he does what um, the Satan wants to tempt people to do: split the church. Ooh. Satan loves to split the church, and he wasn't able to split the church, but he took a big faction of people and left and started his own ministry, and, you know, he got angry and left and took a bunch of people who, and we didn't go with him. Mm-hmm. We were like, no, 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 and we learned right at that moment, yeah, that's one of the key things we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. You don't do anything that's going to hurt the bride of Christ. Yeah. And that was, I know I'm probably just messed up our whole plan, but I think people need to, we made that decision early and we've been through yes. some this is we're telling our story but we've been seeing other things and that's how we've always counseled people so yeah i remember in our early days of seminary when we were in texas and there was a church they were attending that we loved and thought was great and i didn't go that night but you went to a, a members meeting yeah that would have been like what i saw this week if i would have had a camera at that time and filmed it and put it on youtube i would have been you know YouTube sensation and clickbaiting all over because it was unbelievable. I'm just sitting there as a younger Christian, you know, a seminary student, just listening to these men vilify the pastor and yelling and saying just ugly things. And I'm just shocked. I'm mm. like, huh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Hmm, not seeing the fruit of the spirit here. And it was so sad. And that was another time I walked out of the meeting saying, no, never. Never. And one time, I'll tell the story. One time I was, uh, when I was pastoring a small church, we had a lady try to get up and, and, and do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. She tried to <laughs> yeah. hijack the meeting and turn it ugly. And I said, let's stop. And we're just going to go into prayer. We're, we're not going to discuss this anymore. This. We're going to listen to the Lord and pray. Man, she got mad and she left. And yet, we kept praying. <laughs> yeah, we did. We kept moving on. And, and the there church was, peace was unified. And unified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm not sure. I, I'm not saying that like I did it all wrong, but uh, or you I did, did it all right. right. Yeah, maybe, well, <laughs> she would say I did it all wrong, but unity. So we'll talk yeah. about that. So so what yeah. are what are some biblical responses, Paula, when we think about um, church hurt? And what would we say to people? And again, if you've been through this, we want to be sympathetic. We want to just give you some things from the Bible that God has taught us, some yeah. observations, like I just said, we made that we put in our hearts and has weather, helped us weather. Because again, our goal is for you listening to this, that you're 70, 80, 90 years old, still living the radical Christian mm, life saying, mm. I am all in for Jesus. And you're not part of those who have fallen away. You're not part of those who have, you know, given up. Because he who endures to the end will be saved. I'm not. That's a that's a tribulation verse. <laughs> I'm yes. just applying right here. But uh, 
<laughs> Write me your critiques on my exegesis right there on that verse. But but that's our goal. And so yeah, but it is. We want to give you some verses that you can hang on to. And again, if you've not been through any of this in a church, praise God. Thank him right now that your church has mm. not gone through these things. Satan has been able to penetrate. Uh, but be but prepared. I think we have to remember, yeah, we do. These things will come about, and yeah. we have to know how to fight. Yeah, it, you know, we don't tear each other apart. Uh, you know, yeah. that's one of them. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord, and yeah. so we need to respect and honor each other as yeah. such, even if we disagree. And I think there's a couple of men who disagreed in the Bible yeah. and decided to separate. It's it's not actually the separation that is yeah. the issue; it's how you do it. Yeah, the great question: Who was right, Paul or Barnabas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they got in yeah, an argument. Exactly. It's a great dispute, but yeah between them and they split and that's uh, another story yes it but is. but i want to make sure that if one of our things is we make disciples who make disciples mm. we glorify god by making disciples who glorify god we have all sorts of taglines that we love to use <laughs> so even if you've not been experiencing this or have experienced this we want to equip you to help those who have so you can minister effectively with the disciples yeah you make. absolutely so the first thing we would say is don't think how to win but think how to glorify god through it yeah i'm that's our life is to glorify god soli deo gloria i mean one of the great um, mottos of the reformation to god be the glory mm -hmm. alone and uh, it's so simple I love Psalm 115.1, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. It's to God's name that we give glory. That's It's not about us. Right. And that's so Isn't important. it funny how these things become so personal so quick? Yes. Yes. I've been offended. I've been hurt. Yeah. They're not doing it the way I think it should be done. Well, it's Christ church, even as a pastor, I never said it's my church. You know, mm. Maybe I slipped in that language, but in my theology, it's it's Christ church. Right. How does the church glorify him? How can I make this situation, whatever I'm feeling, how can I make it about him and his glory? Yeah, because of there's a watching world out there yeah. that will watch us. Okay, they don't watch us when there's not many issues. They watch us when there's issues. Yeah. yeah. So how do we reflect Christ yeah. in these moments? So it's a great practical question when somebody's complaining, I can't believe what the church did. And it's like, great. So your response, how's your response going to glorify God? Mm. Uh, uh, by tearing each other apart on yeah. social media? Yeah, yeah. yeah by yeah. airing your dirty laundry yeah. on social media? Yeah, by trying to win, uh, which that... Yeah, that's that's a third point, but let's go. <laughs> because when we talk about this glorifying God, how do you glorify God? Well, I think you just kind of said it right there. We don't split. We don't try and tear another brother or sister down. No, mm -hmm. think keeping unity in the church. Now, that's unless there's a heresy. Now, let me just yes. give a qualifier. If, I'm so glad you qualified thank that. You. I was yeah, getting ready yeah. to jump in, but yeah. that's good. If a pastor stands up and says, you know, there's many ways to heaven and Jesus is just one of them. Oh yeah, the battle's on. You have to defend the integrity of the gospel and the truth of scripture. If he gets up and says, ah, the scripture's here is saying some false things and it's not really true. No, when there's heresy like that, when, the, you know, the deity of Jesus Christ, the essentials of the faith, you know, the triunity of God, the, the mm -hmm. sufficiency and truthfulness of scripture, when those things are attacked, clear heresy, you have to go to battle for the truth of God's word. But yeah. that's, but we've seen that's not a lot of times. What, Psalm 141, 144, one comes right in here. Yeah. You go. Made our hands for war and our fingers for battle. Yeah. And we, but that's not usually what the battles are about. 
No, it music isn't style, you know, philosophy of ministry, mm-hmm. you know, vision, those kind of things a lot of times. Yeah, or we always used to do it this way. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. So if you're going through this or if you're counseling somebody, spend some time in John chapter 17. Mm. Go to Jesus's high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 and just, you know, even just yourself or the person you're maybe discipling and walking through this. Mark, every time it talks about unity, may they be one even as we are one. And wasn't that Jesus' last prayer? Yeah. Yeah, or what he what he had spoken over the disciples. Yeah, the disciples, yeah. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. was it his last prayer or somebody else? Yeah, it might go, not oh, be, yeah. 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 yeah, when he says amen in, in the revelation, I don't know. What, oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, you're exactly right. That's what his heart was. That's what he was praying for. Yeah, yeah. And always recognizing that in these moments there is an emotional response you know there can be uh what we felt maybe you felt it a little less than i felt it um as the wife but you know you can feel the rejection of that you can feel that maybe something was handled wrong and it could have been well that's the other key point we need to learn to lose with grace and win with grace yeah but it's yeah because there's both so if whatever the battle if you you know, whatever it is, if you win, I don't even like put it in win and lose categories, but that's true. In fact, when I went through this, because again, just to hear, I thought, I, God, it's clear why you call me back. I'm going to be the interim pastor. I'm going to make this transition. We're going to bring revival that we thought we were going to see in our city. We're going to bring revival to this church. We were, I was so, this is clear why God has called us back. And well, the other people didn't see that way. It wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I lost (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, just put it in that. If you want to put it in clear ca- you know, categories like that, I lost. Mm. Now, how do you lose? Mm. Well, you lose with grace. Okay. You win with grace. Yes. Uh, you know, we're, we need to do a podcast about our, ma- our mascot. If you know we anything do. about, for, you don't know Serving Beyond Borders, if you've never seen our website or any of our um, correspondence and that, we have a donkey on there. Mm-hmm. I, even on our wristbands we give out, there's a little donkey on there. <laughs> like, what's with the donkey? Well, you can read about <laughs> it on our website, but it's it's a sign of humility. Nobody has a prized donkey. Nobody's like, look at my donkey, you know. No, it's a beast of burden. It's a servant. <laughs> and our and our tagline, our verse that we have on our all our correspondence is Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. We're to be yes. servants. You're not there to win. You're there to serve. Yes. And I always remember James 4, 6, which is actually a quote from Proverbs 3, I think 34, which is also used many other places in the Bible. But I memorized James 4, uh, 6, where it says, but God gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. God gives grace to the humble. Mm. And don't get proudful, prideful if you win. Proudful. Get prideful <laughs> if you win uh, because you didn't. You know, God is, you didn't win, if, especially you didn't win if there was a split in the church, if there was disunity in the church. Now, again, we're not talking heresy, but if, you know, the people you didn't like, you didn't get along with left the church, oh, praise God. And you'll start to hear leaders like that. If somebody's not on the bus, get rid of them. You know, like, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. We're the body of Christ. We need to have unity. Now, you don't, you know, you don't let the big dissenter on the bus taking over driving it. I'm not saying that, but... Mm-hmm. But keeping unity and being humble and learning to lose with grace. Yeah. Yeah. And 
And the, that's what I love what we did. And, and I, we're not bragging about ourselves, but we are bragging about ourselves. We're not apologizing because mm-hmm. the best thing is our kids got to see us walk through it. Yeah. yeah. One of my mentors said to me during that time that it was a hard time. It really was. Um, yeah, you your faith got all messed up. My, my faith got <laughs> shaken a little bit. Yeah. And I would say probably for those of you who have experienced a deeper church hurt type of thing, you probably felt that a little bit too, where you were like, what what is going on with this? These are supposed to be my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, but she had said to me, you know, Paula, as your kids watch you walk through this, so will they be equipped to walk through their own issues when they come. And our kids were all in their... 20s and 30s at that time, mm-hmm. all married. Um, and so, you know, they had kind of their own struggle with that and their own hurt, mm-hmm. like a secondary hand, second, secondhand hurt, I guess <laughs> you want to call it, or offense. Um, and so we really realized that, like, we were very honest with our pain. We're very honest in our family and the struggle that it was. But we also recognize that God will grow us through this. And, and another woman had said to me, you know, this will make you bitter or better. Yeah. And, and let's give a shout out to our kids. I mean, we should thank them because they didn't pick up our offense. Yes. That's what happens. Somebody gets hurt, and then you go and pick up their offense, and you start putting something on Twitter or you know Facebook or Instagram. Our mm-hmm. kids, thank you, kids, that you walk yeah. with integrity too. And, and you two didn't. of them were serving in the church, yeah. one on pastoral staff. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had all the people come up, why don't you and your son go and start a church? We'll follow you. And mm. we're just looking at people going... We would never do anything to split or hurt Christ Church. Yeah. And and that's what we lost. And you know what? You know what was the worst thing? Getting up on church the next Sunday. And let's go to church and let's worship. Yes. And no, I'm not going to yes. be in the pulpit. No, I'm not going to be called a pastor here. But you know what? We're still yeah. part of this church. And until God calls us to another church, yes. we can just go and worship here with them. Opting out of the body of Christ is not an option. Oh, yeah. In fact, you just told me a story you heard about a woman, you know, was her excuse that she doesn't go to church anymore. Yeah. I actually hear this all the time from people, you know, and even sometimes people talking about people in their life. Well, they were hurt by the church or, you know, I get it. I do. I think one of the good things that came out of our experience was God gave us a deeper walk and a deeper compassion and and needed to knock some stuff off us ourselves. And so when, you know, in that, it's just not a good option to walk away from the body of Christ. Now, let me say this. There is no perfect church. Amen to that. There is actually not anything that's perfect (laughs) outside of Jesus. Yes, exactly. Um, There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect family. And anything, anytime- Hey, there's a perfect parent. I wrote a book about it. There is. I know. God. God. Yes, God is perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think that's really important to know because I think we can go in as newer believers or sometimes as jaded jaded, older believers, you know, we can, okay, well, you know, I'm just not going to go to church anymore. But that's not how God designed it. It's still in all of its um, ugliness sometimes was still God's plan. It is still God's plan. Yeah. And probably one of the number one things we hear is people will leave a church because a pastor left or a pastor's been removed or something. It just shocks me always of, wait a minute, were you following a man or were you following Jesus Christ? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, even the church. I tell so many young people I meet about the church, and and, and we're in a thriving church right now. Our church is thriving. We're firing on all cylinders. We're seeing so much health. And and I go, but 20, 30, 40 years from now, you may live in another state. This just must be a 
a blip on your radar of your life. Don't worship the church. Worship Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay, the church may let you down. A pastor may let you down. Another brother or sister in the Lord may let you down. Yeah, Jesus isn't going to let yeah. you down. No. And so no. when we see people saying, well, I don't go to church anymore. Why? Well, you know, they treated my pastor bad or my pastor. You know, wait a minute. Were you following a man? Mm. Were you following the church? Jesus didn't let you down. Mm-hmm. And we always say there's the little C for little church. That's your local church. And then there's the big C for the universal church. All the churches united who preach the gospel and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. That church it will never fail you. And you're a part of that. That's right. Do your part to keep yeah. the little C looking good. Yeah. 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 So. And we all have a part in that, in the words that we speak, yeah. in the healthiness of the body of Christ. Yeah. And so when, when we're tempted to look outward, let's look inward first. Yeah. So I want to end with a phrase that really helped me. <laughs> this is a real great theological phrase. Uh, if you know me, I love little sayings. I live my life mm. by little sayings. Yeah, you do. And this saying really helped me when I... Again, I lost. I the church didn't do what I thought it should do, and and that's okay. I lost, and but I remember the story I heard about a nurse. This is old time and long time ago. This nurse was training younger nurses, and she said this phrase: "When you get stuck carrying the bedpan, carry it like a queen." And I thought that's good. <laughs> if I ever get hurt or somebody does something wrong to me. I'm going to walk with my head held high. As long as there's no sin, I don't have to repent. No, it's, but if I, you know, I lost, that's okay. Just walk with your head held high because I'm still a child of God. I'm still saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm still going to be part of the resurrection at his second coming. So you know what? It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to say. If you've been through some tough times and stuff, that's okay. Maybe you've been stuck carrying the bedpan. Maybe life has dealt you a tough blow. Carry it like a queen. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Yeah, that is good. I like that. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, We pray that this encouraged you. Write us if you have any questions, comments. You can write us at info at servingbb.org. We'd love to interact with you. In fact, fact, you just got a response from somebody who they wrote a letter to us and talking about some heartfelt things, and I wrote them back, and they were shocked that we wrote them back. Why not? <laughs> We're part of the we body do. of Christ. That's We're brothers we and sisters. And we are not, Serving Beyond Borders is not a substitute for your local church. No. We are not. Serving Beyond Borders will fade away, but the church of Jesus Christ will be forever. Yes. So you be part of your local church. Yes. And you be part of bringing unity to it. And if you have any questions, need clarification, write us. We'd love to interact with you. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.